What's up, bro? Oh, not a terrible lot. That's good. That's uh, good. Just looking at some of the Warhammer 40K pre-orders they put up. They put up uh, the rest of the, the leagues of Voltan line. Oh, my. I have no... I, I don't know. Warhammer? Warhammer 40K. I actually, just this weekend, like yesterday, I... I used to play this game, Warhammer 40K Dawn of War. Okay. It's like an RPG, PC RPG. Yeah. And I, I busted I, that shit back out on Steam. Mm. Man, that's a good damn time. Yeah. Man, uh, I love me some some RTS games, man. Yeah, well, the uh, the tabletop is introducing a new faction to the game called the Leagues mm. of Botan. Mm. Um, 30-some-odd years ago, the Leagues would have been referred to Ooh, as Oh, there's the a Swats. story. There's lore. There's lore. They would have been referred to as the Squats, and then the Squats disappeared. Sounds from... racist as fuck. It was. The Imperium is very racist. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they yeah, they aren't the good guys. But the nobody's a good guy in Warhammer 40k. That's the best part. There's no good guys That's in Warhammer 40k. There's the just there's just varying degrees of evil. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's no such thing as innocence. But well, I actually would probably argue that the leagues of Votan may be the maybe among the most decent races oh, in Warhammer Fort. They're very moral, considering everything. Well, considering, else. considering that was a weird point to come office. into a conversation. They're talking about the decency of some races. Uh, we're talking about in Warhammer. Warhammer yeah, I get that, but like yeah. you know, uh, the that was a weird Warhammer... first thing to hear. <laughs> oh, sure, right. <laughs> The thing about Warhammer is there are no good guys. You know, there are no, terrible. No. Oh yeah, it's total. Uh, yeah. What's the term for it? Um, not nihilism. Uh, oh, grimdark. It's total grimdark. Okay. Grimdark. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, this the the Votan are probably the least grimdark. They seem to be generally kind of nice, good guys, <sighs> or at least decent. That makes them even worse. Well, the Tau, the Tau are essentially space communists. Oh, no, they're straight up, yeah, they're straight up Empire from Star Wars. Yeah, and then like, like that, dude. And then like the Voltan, they're like a human offshoot, but they have a more advanced technology than yeah. the Imperium. I and love it how they, they kind of like, like, they're kind of like capitalists in a way. I love it how they have like. And they're very progressive. <laughs> they have the. Uh, the space marines, and then they got like the dark space marines. Like yeah, it's even the chaos, worse. The chaos, yeah, space chaos. Marines. It's even worse. They Andy chiming in from the light of the emperor. Fan. Uh, yeah, forty k is dope, dude. I mean, the thing, the reason forty k is so dope is because it's all the things you want to play a game. Okay, we can play a game. You just want to collect cool figures. You can do that too. How about you like to paint? Feel free to go ahead and paint. And then there's video games, books, comics. There's fucking everything. It's all yeah. inclusive. And well, it's been it. a very, it's been a very interesting. You can have weekend. everything except for you know a feeling Peace. of catharsis or you know right. any <laughs> sort of happiness had, at all. They had Toy Joy come out with like their uh, 2023 preview for their the Warhammer 40k line, and it looks yeah. phenomenal. And those are like the little taller ones, right? Those are actually like, you know, almost like, you know, six inch tall action Yeah, figures. they're not quite that big, but. Uh, all right, let's do it. Do we want the happy Halloween one or the horror Halloween one? We're going. Why on. not both? Horror Halloween. We're going, we're going horror. Mm-hmm. That was actually the longest intro. May God be with you all. Still kind of fits with our theme. Like you're about to have a terrible time. Okay. Oh, is this like the purge? Oh, dude, the purge is arguably my favorite modern horror. There's a lot to it, you know. Oh, it's there's I a mean, lot of social commentary there. A, yeah, dude. Hey, there'd be one night a year if you could manage to kill your boss, you can get away. With it. <laughs> I like my boss. I don't want to kill my boss. It's the purge on Halloween. It seems like that'd be an efficient way to, like, you know, kill two birds with one stone. Right? Well, that was ruined for your greetings, Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, it's another episode <laughs> of This Geek and Comics Hour Geekers Comic Book Shit Talk Show. Shit Talk uh, Show! Yeah, that's why we shouldn't do the purge on Halloween, because it would ruin trick-or-treating. There's absolutely no other reason why we shouldn't reason. do the purge. I'm just saying, if there is going to be a purge, you know, is there a day <laughs> of the year that's most appropriate for it? Yeah, you know? my wife, I was watching this with Amazing Amanda, and she, I was like, you know, is the purge like on a Friday? 
Or do like are they expecting me to go to work the next day? You know what I mean? Or is like, it like just I would third, be considerate to yeah, like give you the weekend to get your shit back together. Well, I don't know because it's like this pro-capitalist sort of angle to it, where no Tuesday's probably the best day to go because people can go out and spend money on the weekend, and you don't want to have the whole city all destroyed for a Saturday night. You know, it's not um, going to be fixed between Tuesday and Friday. They're going to do some stuff, some stuff. I guess. Anyway. Uh, but that would be really awkward that whole week. You'd have to work across from somebody that you tried to kill the day earlier. In the College week. humor yeah, right. did a good sketch about that where like somebody yeah. like stabbed someone on like 1159 on night and then like the clock rolls over and it's like, you just fucking stabbed me. It was the purge. I was purging. Exactly. You know? It was the purge. Uh, <laughs> oh, gonna the purge. Hey, you know what? Andy might be onto something there. That actually might be fucking canon in this damn thing. No, because that, then you have like the drunken rednecks. That's the best part of the purge is hey. the drunken redneck. No, no. <laughs> uh, anyway, segment one. I didn't watch shit this week. Old horror movies. But Taylor, did you go see B.A.? I did go see BA. And I haven't seen it. I have no real interest in this. I'm very happy to wait the month and a half for it to stream. But yes. I think you're be you're okay to wait the month and a half, but I did think it was a lot of fun. Cool. Um, I heard the word I'm hearing is average. It's like every other well, superhero kind of like a boilerplate sort of sort of thing. It kind of reminds me of like the type of movies they made more so in like the yeah. 90s and you know, the 2000s. I have never watched any of the Purge movies. <laughs> oh, quit interrupting the Black Adam. We'll get to Andy's Purge. We'll Purge is worth a Purge. watch. Um, but Black Adam, I would say it, it, it's a fun way to spend a few hours, especially if you're not having to pay to okay. see it. Um, they did take some of Black Adam's edge out of this a little bit. Really? Um, wow. Because well, the, like, the Rock was really pushing to, it to be like... Oh, they kill a lot of people. Oh, but okay. like okay. PG-13 killing, you know? So it's like... Well, Superman kills a lot of people fighting Zod. I mean, hundreds sure of enough, people yeah. but it, were it's, hurt or murdered. It's more graphic here, but not enough to get that R rating. But um, yeah. it would have been awesome the reason why I say they kind of took his edge off a little bit is like he quickly like befriends a small kid like soon oh, after he God. wakes up. And, White like, Adam, right. But... Um, from the comic. That's not me talking shit. That's from a fucking comic that's currently going. I didn't read Oh, and this one's, I guess, a bit of a mild spoiler, but, like, in the comics, he killed his nephew to get the powers. Right. But here, he um, got his powers from his son, and then his son died after giving the powers because he had left himself vulnerable or whatever. So, oh, he, so it, it leaves, like, this heroic... Not blood on his hands, yeah. Oh, lame... He's le- dash oh, sorry. He's less overtly villainous than, um, which, you know, Black Adam is one of the more morally gray characters, but he is definitely more on team villain than hero. And you yeah, can't really dude. say the same about this, which I get that they're trying to make him more of like a, uh, they want to have like a franchise around this guy. And, you know, I yeah. get that they're doing that, but, but overall, um, oh yeah, that is true that with the, uh, post-credit scene they did have henry cavill back as superman and this is the worst fucking kept secret i mean it (laughs) is the dc twitter basically spoiled it before the movie came out it was more promo than spoiler yeah it's interesting from like for me bro it's a whole nother a a contract politics point of view but you know superman showing up itself is nothing outrageous from like an in-universe perspective exactly i mean it is kind of a statement though that Cavill is back as Superman. They're going to do yeah. Man of Steel 2. That's the rumor right now. And uh, we still have lots of questions, okay? You can't have this comparison that is so easy to make between Marvel and DC, MCU, DCEU, whatever that is now with Battenson and these offshoot Joker movies. Just saying. But when Marvel does a thing, they're like, hey, here's what we're doing for the next three to five years. When DC does a thing, it's like, man, we got to do some flash reshoots. It does uh, and, seem and, like and, they, and, and uh, Bat, Batwoman is, is uh, canceled. Batgirl's canceled. So the lack of a tell. plan is definitely a uh, hindrance over at the DC side of things. Yeah. Um, but anyway, just for this movie though, I would recommend it. I don't necessarily think you need to uh, yeah. rush out to see it if you if you're okay waiting a month. But when it does come out on HBO, yeah, it's a good way to kill a few hours. More. It's a good popcorn movie. I like Morbius. <laughs> you know, Morbius actually wasn't good, but it wasn't terrible. It got terrible. way too much shit. 
For like people were ripping into it like it was the worst thing ever, but it, it wasn't, wasn't any just, worse than those Venom movies. It wasn't just for Matt fucking Smith. He Matt Smith it. is a delight. In those Even movies. when he's chewing the scenery, dude. He's oh, Jim chewing the scenery oh, is the best part oh, of the movie. Good, when he's so dancing good. in the mirror, that is legitimately my favorite it's scene so in the movie. Best. It's the best. When he finally starts macking on hoes in that, oh, it's yeah. great, dude. I love that shit. Dave, did you do anything this week worth mentioning? I watched Andor. Oh, you know oh, are what? Are you all caught up? I yeah. am not caught up. Like I said, I didn't watch. I still haven't watched The Ring you know, of Power. Wait, okay, we, when we get to the last episode of Andor, we should have like a big like series and review okay. thing. All right, we'll do that. But, uh, this, of, like, the this week's episode thing. of Andor was another one of those slow ones. It was the more of the political thriller kind of deal. We have the beat now. It's two episodes of nothing and yeah. then one episode of everything. Yeah. Or I, like I should say two episodes of build-up. I do like the build-up. Right, I do right. like the slow burn to this, but yeah. it really I, builds up to like these explosions of action. Yeah, I kind of think that the early Rebellion guys, the, the people that are establishing the Rebellion, are pretty dark. Well, sure <laughs> That's the are. point. That's the exact yeah, these point. Exactly, yeah. dude. These, exactly. are like, these are like... Uh, like Gomer, did you see last week's episode? Episode I have, 6? Uh, no, I am... I am two, maybe three behind, well, dude. Oh, all I'll wow. say about it for now, then, oh, uh, is yeah. that it does show that, like, if we didn't know better, we might not know these are the good guys. You know? I love that, dude. You yeah. gotta do Although this episode, we get to see terrorist. what... This episode, though, we get to see what shitbags the Empire are, but, you know, they. I, I like how they're not running away from the fact that these guys are doing terrible things for their good cause. They don't... That's why they call it terrorists. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, I mean, give Luke Skywalker all the props you want. This dude literally destroyed, like, a, an aircraft carrier. You know what I mean? Yeah, that I mean, would be, like, the comparison. He'd be, like, some dude in the Middle East who takes out an aircraft carrier. It's the same thing. So all the stuff that, like, you could praise Rogue One for, that definitely carries over to this show. And I guess that's yeah. enough to say about it for now. I really like the slow burn of Andor. Um but man, the internet is calm down. From this the episode, there's almost down. nothing to talk about, honestly. Yeah. The internet's calling people who aren't enjoying this show like ADHD. Like, you don't like the slow burn, so there's nothing there to capture your attention. I want to so, go that far. I mean, this is honestly mean. That's mean, dude, and ableist in the is, worst yeah. fucking kind of way. And, and it's like, damn, it's okay not to like a thing, man. Fuck. Whether on whether by design or by accident, oh, I think Gomer, you are taking the best way to approach this show, which is to let a lot of episodes come out and just yeah. knock, knock them all out at once. Honestly, if this we is a better streaming experience than it is yeah. a week in the week. If we weren't talking She-Hulk every week on this show, I would have waited on She-Hulk at least two or three weeks, mm. you know, to have a few episodes to watch. Because I just think that's the better way to watch. All right, let's do news. I'm really glad you did that. Yeah, I need to watch. I need to catch up. There's so much to watch. Uh, we're starting with some business news. Lunar. Says, Hello? Have you, are you even, there? Can you hear me? Are you me? there? Yeah, and I can hear you now. Oh, can you not hear him earlier? I could. He faded out. Oh, man. That must be on you, bro. It's that Potland, that Potland internet. Well, whatever. Um, Lunar, Lunar Distribution. Yeah, Lunar has added two new publishers. Now they have 16. They've added Mad Cave, which is all right. They got some good stuff, but they've also added Black Mask, which has had some. Hey. I mean, some. Some of my favorites. Well, shit. Black Mask has had some good stuff in the past, but current Black Mask is not up to par 100 percent um so they as we all know lunar started distributing dc comics early in the pandemic uh they had two distributors then as you know diamond shut down because of the pandemic so they have now ahoy artist elite clover press cex floating world legends merc oni silver sprocket sumerian uncivilized vault and now Mad Cave and Black Mask. Uh, this is a who's who of the smaller press. Okay, yeah. this is where the up-and-comers are at. This is where people get their jobs in the comic book uh, industry. And I don't know. It's really cool that Lunar is is the choice now for these distributors. Uh, it only makes it harder on the stores. You know, um, it, it, sure, it gives them some choices. But I don't know how much it impacts us. You know what I mean? The shops are still going to get the books that we order. 
Nothing on that. Awesome. Moving on. Well, I mean, there's not much to say. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. It's just how about Lunar coming up, right? We all kind of talk shit when they were like, oh, DC, come on. Yeah. Well, we I mean, know. they lost DC, and that is obviously like a huge, huge uh, loss. Half I mean, that's one market. of the big two, yeah. Half the market. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, they are uh, doing a job kind of cornering the indie market. Yeah, good for them. All right, moving on. Con, there's a new convention in town, an immersive X-Men convention. Will let fans live the mutant life in a makeshift X mansion. All right. All right. Next year, you go to Minneapolis, Minnesota. You can attend panels, photo ops, meet and greets with X Men celebrities. Um, but also, it's taking place in a setting modeled after the Xavier School. Wow. So it's sort of like this LARPing thing as well. Right. That definitely looks like it could be the school. I mean, they got the architecture I mean, right down pretty well. It doesn't look bad, you know. It doesn't look I mean, bad. I wouldn't. If you photo. show me a picture of this, I wouldn't immediately think, "Oh, look, they're at the Xavier yeah. School." But like, if you told me, "Hey, uh, this is the Xavier School," I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, I could see that." So they're calling it the Uncanny Experience Cosplay Contest. Obviously, yeah. Um, I, I'm hearing Chris Claremont is going to fucking be there, and they're going to get people from the X Men animated series. Uh, X-Men 97, like the new one. They're going to get them there. So that's cool. Everybody gets a student ID badge. Um, thanks to, I don't even remember who said it on, on Facebook, but we should go there and protest. Give them the real experience. Mutie, go home. <laughs> yeah, dude. Andy, you should check that, that out, be, bro. You should check that out, dude. That would be, that would be actually be a pretty solid outside. touch. Um yeah, from like if they wanted to like give you like the real experience of being the X Men, they probably should hire a bunch of people to be a bunch of bigots outside protesting. I'll do it for a trip to Minneapolis. I'll just hang out and then I'll go out. Any excuse to be a bigot, huh, Gomer? Well, for mutants, for LARPing purposes, <laughs> yeah, for LARPing. This is the only way Gomer's going to go to a convention. Yeah, I hate conventions, and I'm not even going. I'm going to stand outside and protest. Uh, all right, let's get in Minnesota here. though. That would be pretty fucking cold. It just depends on when it is. Depends on the time of year. Sure enough. Yeah. Summertime September. is really nice. But yeah, it's nice thing about the... Uh... I have it, because I'm the news person. I have it. September 16th and 17th. Uh, okay, so that should, be, that should be... a period between okay. fall and winter. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. They got snow. They got snow sometimes. That time but, no, Minnesota's but, nice like, during the summertime. Nice September. thing about the costume contest is you can just come up with like any, any weird monster. Yeah. Yeah, you they, could do... S- so much. One. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. man, your phone your shit's Yeah, his up. his internet's going out too. Uh, it's gonna be fallish. A fallish. Fallish. <laughs> uh it it might be chilly. You it never might know. be elvish. Yeah. Uh so Taylor, you were breaking up, man. Maybe drop, drop out, drop, come back in. But we're gonna talk about Miles Morales. There is a new villain being debuted in Cody Ziegler and Federico Vicentini brand new whatever they call it artists what are they calling those the hot guns the shotguns young guns young guns they don't call it that anymore what do they call them now hi you got me got a new name for them anyway yep, we talked about it on the show thanks for listening dave i'm not here every show well you could listen though to that to the show after at work while you're doing work i can i uh, do the, <laughs> the i'm behind new- the new villain is called Rabble. Uh, this symbol here, this star-shaped symbol, appears to be very important. Um, yeah, I don't know anything about that except for that. Uh, the character will be introduced in issue number one, but we'll get full, uh, you know, whatever, issue number two. And I'm pretty sure we'll have a cover on issue number three. So that will be the first cover. So those are three hot specs. Are- yeah, Andy listens after. Thanks, Andy. Are we, I appreciate it. I don't follow Miles Morales a whole lot. Does it's the best have, Spider book. It's but so does good. he have does he does he have like a Rogues Gallery like Spider Man does? Uh, yes. Parker. I, I don't know if he's I, been a long. See, the thing about quote unquote a Rogues Gallery, it has to be like a lot of times. 
You know what I mean? Like you yeah. can't just fight one guy one time and be like, "All right, that dude's in my rogues gallery." Yeah, no, but I, but you I have to fight Joker like a hundred times, and then okay, Joker's definitely in the rogues gallery. But when but, but I don't Miles, have any I don't villains think has coming to mind. mind when I think of Miles Morales. Spider-Man. Exactly, not a lot of villains. But Spider Man, Batman, those are the top two where they're almost defined by their villains. You know, their origin story sure defines them the most, but I would say second for both of those characters, their uh, their rogues gallery defines them more than anything else they got going on. Besides I'm not sure about gallery. that, but I do agree that they definitely have very important and very memorable rogues galleries. But like you were yeah. saying a second ago, though, like the vast majority of Batman villains they introduced, like especially back in like the 50s and 60s, were just like one and done. You have to Egghead. have a little Egghead. bit of, yeah, you have to have some staying power before they're yeah. really Egg- Egghead has staying power. They didn't give him, they didn't give him the juice. Anyway, we were saying about the Miles Morales series from Cody Ziegler and Federico Vicentini, December 7th, we're going to get a new villain introduced named Ravel. That's really all we know. Uh, first appearance will be issue one, probably a cliffhanger. Issue two, we'll get a lot more detail. And then issue three appears to be the first cover. Uh, that's really hitting spec kind of hard, right? But, man, I'm down. I'm really down for this series, and it's cool that they're letting a little bit more out of the bag about what's actually going to go down in this in this book. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm oh, yeah, wet our appetites a little bit. Yeah, she's going to take Miles down. I'm stoked. That's in February. That'll be a whole nother year. Uh, Taylor will love this. Flash, one-minute war special, explains new Speed Force villains known as The Fraction which is a great name for a fucking Speed Force villain. Uh, The Flash moves to twice monthly, Taylor. Oh, gracious. Schedule in 2023 and starting with the one-minute war arc. Now, what that tells me, I haven't even gotten into this event, right? But what that tells me is Flash is the most fucking consistent book at DC Comics. It may not sell top five. When you have eight Batman books, it's a little hard. But I guarantee you it is consistently in the top 10. And they just keep throwing whoever the fuck they want at it. And it keeps selling. And it's good. You know, yeah. it's fun. This week's issue was a lot of fun. I'll t- probably yeah. talk about it a little bit later. But um, yeah, but yeah um, looks like they're, are they like shifting perspective between the different flashes? Is that what the image here is telling me? Because that, that could be down for that. Well, it's definitely going to be an all in flash sort of thing in this one minute war. All right. So yeah. Uh, the one minute war arc kicks off in issue 790. And then following that, there's going to be a part two of the arc in Flash 791. And then there will be a one shot called One Minute War Special Number One, a double sized one shot. So they're going to get you for, th- it sounds like they're going to get you for three Flash issues in one month, which isn't all that bad. You know, it's not, not that too terrible bad, yeah. of a thing. Again, oh. Batman got like eight fucking books. Okay. True enough. Yeah. Um, so it's an armada, an armada of aliens known as the Fraction, who are also connected to the Speed Force. This means Flash family's usual advantage, moving so fast their enemies are in slow motion, is nullified because the Fraction moved just as fast. The story arc will also feature the return of Barry Allen to Earth Zero after all this Dark Crisis bullshit. Um, the One Minute War. This is my favorite part of this fucking thing. The One Minute War literally takes place in 60 seconds of real time. But for speedsters, that can just be forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is a very interesting concept, Dude, right? Like, Are they going to do that through the book and say, okay, second one, you know? That'd be a you good know, way to approach like, it, yeah. Oh, that's fucking cool, dude. That is so cool. And the villainous Miss Murder is hunting the Flash family, too. There you go. She's been hanging out, I think, for a minute. So yeah, dude, this is this is exciting. I love this cover. This is a really dope cover. Um, so yeah, man, I know you're the big Flash guy. I just pick up on until Adam comes back. But man, I am really excited to get in. On yeah, this. this should be a lot of fun. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, Andy, down for more Flash. Fuck yeah. Uh, all right, more good news, Taylor. J. Oh. Michael Straczynski is returning to Thor. If we'll all remember the final pages of Donny Cates, and we're going to talk about Donny Cates, you know, before the end of this story. Um, he had like a picture of Thanos with a bunch of dead people, and he had Mjolnir with all of the fucking Infinity Stones in it. Remember that shit? I do. 
Thanos is dead. They killed him. Kieran Gillen killed that dude just like six or seven months ago. So I don't know what JMS is doing, but he's coming back to Thor to tell that story. Um, and see, there it is. There's that panel, and then here's the the close up. Um, well, yeah, that definitely I'll whets my interest. Joke. Like anytime J. Michael Straczynski is involved in anything, it at least gets like you know a second look from me. Yeah, and yeah, this could be a very interesting turn. I am surprised that Donny Cates is not writing the thing Dude, that he's been teasing for so long. That's my thing all right that's a hell of a person to have step in and do it you know i'm not what complaining but like I, i'm just surprised that he's not seeing yeah. it through like what does this mean for donny cates at marvel i mean his hulk run is is popcorn fun his thor run is only good because i've been waiting to get to this moment and now it's like wait he's he's not doing it uh, i don't know doing something else that is I, peculiar. I mean yeah, i don't he's got nothing planned though dude He's got nothing planned. I don't know if this uh, is like editorial I'm shenanigans or something. I'm hoping you know? he's not sick. You know? Hope um, not. Because where's crossover at, Dave? It's been a while. It's, it's been, been a hot a while. minute. He's doing Vanish right now, but from what I've heard, that first arc, maybe up to the second arc of Vanish, has been written for a while, and he's just been waiting on the art. Um. So, yeah, I really hope the best for Donny Cates, but it doesn't seem like the dude is in. I mean, Image Comics, shit like that, they don't do art like Marvel. Like Marvel, they're handing in art like two weeks before the book is due. You know, three weeks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, yeah, they're handing in art really late. They're always on deadlines and stuff like that. So this seems to be catching up. This book drops on November 30th. I mean, it could be it could be <laughs> taking a similar approach to how like Saga is done. He might be taking time of, time off, you know? Uh, well, I, I, sure. It was accompanied with an announcement, though. Exactly. There's no yeah. announcement. That's what I'm saying. But my thing is, well, how do you take time off from Marvel Comics? I mean, these are dream jobs. You're writing fucking Hulk and Thor. Are you kidding me? You're writing Hulk and Thor. You just don't take off from that, dude. And they don't wait for you. And they if don't that wait is, for you. No, that no, is no. what's they going on to. here. Yeah, they... They have to push Hulk and Thor books out. This story has to. to end, yeah, so. Yeah, they have to push those books out every month. So, um, and there was already a delay with the whole uh, Hulk-Thor mashup book. Remember that? Yeah, there was a huge uh, there was a time huge off there, yeah. Time off there, dude. I'm just telling you, everything seems to be pointing to Donny Cates is got something going on. I hope and, it's nothing, you know, yeah, too dude. serious for him. Yeah, for sure. Um, but this is going to be an exercise issue, obviously. J. Michael Straczynski's got to get paid. Um, so it's going to have a framing sequence by Gronbeck, DeVito, and David Curiel. Um, Jeff Shaw's involved. Dean White's involved. There's also the bar at the end of the line by Stark, Slim, and Don Ho. That might be good. Uh, Israel Silva's getting in on some work there. Like Kyle so, Stark? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cantwell, Foreman, and Rachel Rosenberg are going to be involved in the story. So it's sort of like a Thor anthology. But yeah. in my experience, if you're going to get an anthology book, the Thor anthology books are always the best one to get. I honestly believe that everybody who has ever wanted to be a comic book writer has one Thor story. In them. And if they get the chance to do it, it's going to be fucking great. Yep. You know what I mean? But yeah, uh, um... Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first time J. Michael Straczynski's done anything with Marvel for a while, right? JMS has been involved in so much TV shit lately. It's yeah. really hard to keep track of how his career's going. I know he's been doing that like uh, a bunch of indie books, but I don't think he's written yeah. for the big two in a very long while. That's what I'm saying. They they threw him some cash, dude. You know That's why I honestly think there is something. You don't get somebody like JMS to come back and write Thor unless something's going on with your Thor book. I mean, that is welcome news, but I do hope it, yeah, it's nothing too serious for uh, Mr. Cates. The thing about it is Donny Cates is, like, at the height of his game right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Crossover is hot. Vanish was fucking hot. Wait till those numbers come out later this week. He um, was in a, like, name your project type of situation after finishing up with uh, King and Black and all that. Right? And you also got to respect him as a writer because look at the books he's taken. He took Hulk after, arguably, I won't argue it because I agree, the best Hulk run of all time, and... Took over Jason Aaron's run on the th on uh, Thor, basically. Again, arguably, I won't argue it because it's my favorite run of Thor forever, except for maybe JMS's. Right? I mean, but yeah. I mean, 
JMS had a hell of a run, but either way, whether or not you want to put the rankings where you want, but he definitely stepped into like an iconic, like generation defining Thor run, if nothing else. Yeah. Oh, and sure. I would agree the best sure. ever. Yeah. Uh, man, JMS had a hard job because he brought Thor back after decimation, you know, or after disassembled, you know what I mean? After the Ragnarok, he had a lot of work to do. But, man, I loved it. Anyway, moving on. Shang-Chi news. Um, Gene Liu and Yang's Shang-Chi saga finally, finally comes to an end in January. Newly uh, announced an oversized 40-page one-shot titled Shang-Chi, Master of the Ten Rings. Um, so, yeah, there you go. It's going to be drawn by Michael Ying and features two covers by Jim Chung and DK Ruan. This is the Chung cover, obviously. I didn't yeah. get the Ruan cover. I couldn't find it. Well, I mean, if you have Jim Chung, you use Jim Chung. Yeah, you use Jim Chung. So, uh, yeah, it goes on sale January 4th. What uh, an intriguing run this has been. It really has been. Technically, it's been like six or seven books now. I am going to do the math, dude. I have to. I was going to do it for this, but I really should have put some shit together and put a little bit of extra work in there. Looking at all of uh, Yang's runs on Shang-Chi. Because, yeah, he's taking this character from... Just being working at a restaurant, and then he's somehow like, like the head of like the, the head of the super mafia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude, the head of the super mafia. <laughs> and then there were still ring fingers, and then he changed yeah. it to the movie like on the fly. They're like, oh fuck this, hell no, I'm not gonna let this movie change it. I'm changing it. Uh, and he did that through, like you said, six different volumes of Shang Chi. How do you even collect that in an omnibus? I have no fucking clue. I have no clue at all. Uh, all right, Dave, I'm sorry. A lot of that has been for Taylor and me. All of it's for me because I dig all this shit. That's fine. I enjoy listening to you guys talk. I got you now, bro. Ooh. Inferno Girl Red. And I have actually a bit of trivia here. Is this from the right. Massive Universe? This is Massive. Okay. Massive Universe. It's going to expand in January with a book called Inferno Girl Red. Um, Eric DeUrso and Matt Groom. And yeah, I mean... It's just another book, but can you name all of the books in the massive universe? Okay, there's uh, the Dead Lucky. All right, that's there's one. Radiant Black, Rogue two, Sun. Three. Uh, there was. Uh, there's two more Radiants. There's Radiant Ra- Red, right? Oh, uh, Taylor coming out. The Dark Horse picking one up, and then Radiant Pink somehow because it's Power well, Rangers. Yeah, but it wasn't called like Radiant Pink. No, that's what they said. They said it was Radiant Pink. Was it called Radiant Pink? No, I don't don't think it was. So, dude, do you remember a book called Cowl? That sounds vaguely familiar. It it was Cowl, like C dot O dot W dot. You know, like it stood for something. Yeah, that that does sound That's in the massive universe. What? I'm reading it in the press release from Image Comics. I have copy and pasted into my notes. Yes, Cowl is in... The massive verse. I got to go back and read Cowell now because I remember reading it, but I want to make the connections to, you know, everything that's been going on since Radiant Black Drop, dude. That's amazing, isn't it? That is. Yeah, man. So uh, a new school, new relationships, new possibilities for any teenager. Big moves are both challenging and exciting, but it's something else entirely for Cassia Costa in Infernal Girl, Girl Red. So. This does sound like it's an all-ages sort of young readers sort of angle they're taking here. Just saying. But that's good. That shows how stable this universe is. If it can push to other age groups, you know, and yeah. I mean, you are still following this massive verse, right? Yeah, I am. Um, Okay. I I am. I'm actually actually looking up Cal right now. Oh, see? Look at him. I... I, (laughs) This motherfucker like a squirrel. Wait, Cowl? I want to move on to the Archie news. That's right. We have Archie news. We have Archie news. There's a new book called Archie versus the World. It's Archie meets uh, Fury Road. Is that That's what it looks like. That's exactly what it is. He looks it's like Archie. a JoJo character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For this art, let me see. Who's doing this fucking cover, man? It's Jed Doherty doing the cover. The art interiors are going to look just like this. The Chicago Organized Workers League? Cowl, yeah, Cowl. it's it said it was part of the massive verse. This that's is the first time like, I'm hearing about that's this. Like 2016. I know it says it right here in the fucking thing. 
we need to go back and read it. I have to. I, I, I'd yeah. have to go back and <laughs> dig up some books. Yeah. Anyway, back to Archie. Uh, future, and it's not great. Uh, Archie versus the world in January. It's going to be written by Aubrey Sitterson, favorite around here. Hey. He talks a lot of shit on Twitter and should not. But he goes anyway, a lot of trouble Doherty. to promote Jeff Lemire books. Oh, uh, well, you should. Jeff Lemire's <laughs> fucking amazing. Man, I mean, we should all be promoting Jeff Lemire. I but, am. But... You wait. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> but, anyway, Archie versus the world is unlike anything we've ever done, both visually and in terms of the story itself. Um, that's from a dude at uh, Archie Comics named Jamie Rotante. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, know. this is going. I, 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 there's something. It reminds me of something now. And I, if I, if what I talk does? about it, this, this, this whole Archie versus the world. Yeah. Oh, that's the do, low press. Street, do though. you know the rapper MC Chris? Uh, I know the name. Yeah, but I don't think I've ever listened to any of his music. One of his, one of his albums was called Race Wars. Oh, okay. And it was about it was a futuristic, a post-apocalyptic uh, wasteland where gasoline was gasoline and spare parts were in abundant sure. supply, but marijuana so was Mad was, Max. All right, Mad Max, yeah. But marijuana was in short supply. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking like it. I'm looking at like Betty and Veronica, and there's there's a a bit that goes with it, and I'm just thinking of that bit right now. Yeah. So this looks well, good. Arch- I mean, this looks we, really ahead, dumb, Jay. but fun. We talked about this the other day, man. Archie always does better when it's doing different. When they're yeah, hanging out I mean, with when the they Ramones. take risk, Archie's is great. They take risk. They hang out we with like, the Ramones. The quote-unquote default shit. Archie stuff is like, you know, I'm not going to say – I'm going to knock it because, like, it is it's like timeless. an American institution. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I have fondness for it. But yeah. when they do these bonkers, like, horror stories, now they're doing, like, a fucking Mad Max thing, they can be a real trip. Yeah, they, man. They are. Yeah. And I love Aubrey Sitterson. He's fucking nuts. He's crazy. He, Plus, he Aubrey Sitterson did a really good – that no, uh, no One Left to Fight book is – Yeah, No One Left to Fight was good. Action the, great, the best part about that book is they never actually fought. Yeah, it was like up until the end, and even then, it was kind of like a faux fight, you know. But it was all about fighters. But they never really fight; they just kind of talk about it the whole time, it's it was like, like Dragon Ball. <laughs> it's like Goku and Vegeta <laughs> just become really good buddies. Yeah, and never have the fight. Yeah. So uh, like Dragon Aubrey Ball, Sitter- instead of yelling while they power up, they just like work through their emotional issues. Yeah. Right? Uh, Arbor Citizen wrote one of my favorite GI Joe runs, and he was uh, going to Cobra Law. You know, he was on his way to taking this book to Cobra Law, oh. and it never panned out because cancel culture, but whatever. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it really wasn't cancel culture. Let's do food news. Mmm, yummy. That's me buying into Leroy's propaganda. Where are you at? All right, food news. Uh, my Phillies, the fighting Phils. Um, I, I was born in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I grew up with my grandfather just cheering for this thing on the television. You know, I wasn't an athlete. I really wasn't in You sports. don't say. Uh, <laughs> later on in life, you know, I did become more aware of how sports works just so I could fit into, into society. While I don't watch baseball anymore. Dude, will you quit abusing your cat? I'm not show. abusing my cat. We're going to get freaking calls, man. Your People cat disagrees, David, you yeah, asshole. Dude. She did not let me put her up, and now she's in Feed here because I'm, I'm talking to people, and she is – Wanting attention now. <laughs> oh my God, David. Uh, anyway, all right. So this year, in in celebration of my Phils going to the World Series earlier today, uh, Taco Bell, our favorite food news, the one that started it all, the restaurant started it all. Uh, steal a base, steal a taco is back. It's back. So uh, if anybody during the World Series steals a base. Taco Bell will buy everybody in the whole fucking country a taco. Wow. Everybody. Everybody. Hmm. And I do always like it when they do these promotional things. Like the Predators have a thing where, like, if they score four <laughs> goals, you get a frosty. That's lame. That's lame. Fuck it's you. Ti- it's a, no, it's it's a, it's a local treasure. Fuck is, it, is it four goals <laughs> in one game? or We even chant, we get frosties at the games. You fucking killjoy. You know, but we anyway. used to do that during the National Knights games, too. But it was something else. It wasn't as cool as 
it was like corn dogs <laughs> or something. It was. Yeah, I mean, dogs. at some point during the World Series, it's likely that someone's going to steal a base. So yeah, I mean, uh, they always the try. Tacos, I guess. There's, there's yeah. always an opportunity where they're like, okay, it's I, up. Wasn't Let's go there like for only it, one, you know? only one World Series game where no bases were stolen? Why don't you? You're the statistics guy. Well, ask the question and then look. Dave, it up just look it up later, no, man. I, but anyway, um, <laughs> David, quit abusing I, I your cat. I'm not abusing my cat. She's just sitting here crying because I'm not petting her. Oh, then pet her for fuck's sake. Oh my goodness. Uh, anyway, uh, anyway, so yeah, watch the World Series, root for the Phillies. It's great promotion for Taco Bell. I mean, I'm sure they'll make it a commercial as soon as it happens, you know? Oh, they probably have one already in the can. Player B, solo base, and now yeah. you get tacos, you know, that sort of All shit. All right, so you may hate baseball, you may hate Taco Bell, so that might be the bad one, but I doubt it. Ego, Ego, the waffle company made famous in Stranger Things. Um Oh my god, it's hard to do the show. All right, because I feel like there's animal abuse going on. I have to report you. <laughs> Damn it, David. Ego Hold has on. teamed up with hey local Gatlinburg, Tennessee based craft distillery, Sugarlands Distilling Company, for the creation of the brand's first ever eggnog, a rich eggnog liqueur for the holiday season. I hate every fucking thing about this. That's a lot that they're throwing together all at once there. Like even like the eggnog liqueur was kind of a bit of a stretch on its own. And now we yeah. also have Ego in here for some reason. Yeah. Why is Ego getting involved? I don't understand Ego. It's not something I associate with eggnog. At so here it is. I'll tell you. Uh, Ego nog Appalachian Sip of Cream is a rum based liqueur with cinnamon and nutmeg. According to Ego, it's always according to Ego. Right, like who else would say it? You know, according to some dude, they we are our most this. trusted news source. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the beverage quote pairs perfectly with ego thick and fluffy waffles to help you feel cozy all winter long. <laughs> Bullshit! They just wanted <laughs> to go for the pun. I know they wanted the pun. Really, the pun. The pun. Ego. Look, maybe this does pair well, and I don't dislike ego waffles oh, in particular, get but. Some, then. So you yeah. have to go to uh, sugarlands.com slash nog. Now, this sounds like a David uh, field assignment. And hey, David, if oh, you don't want to do it, let us know. Drive your $5 gallon. All right, David, if you don't tell us you're not going to do it, we're assuming you're doing it. Go. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Damn it. I thought you were still doing it. <laughs> All right, well, whatever. I, she jumped up in my lap, and I, so I was like, this is a perfect opportunity to put her up. You know, I wouldn't mind trying some of this, but I bet it's nasty. So is this like I mean, moonshine? No, it's sipping cream. Can you not read? I don't know what that is. This is it's definitely eggnog. on the bad side of the spectrum, but it's not yeah. as bad as some of the other shit. Like, I could see this being palatable, at least. I would want to try this. There are things we've had on here where it's like, no. There's some no, things that you, you have on here that are just utterly repulsive. Like, this is just kind of, me. this is more weird than gross, at least. Yeah, you'd have to pay me. Oh, uh, okay. What? Is this about stolen bases? No. Okay. No, I, I you skip that assignment. I uh, I've looked. I've I've been to the Sugarland. Oh well, you could go again. You have a rapport with them. No, you can get us some sipping cream. That's yeah, how you have to say it too. They'll be pulling into the driveway, and they're like, "Oh, there's old Dave, our number <laughs> there's one." There's Dave customer. coming to get his You can essentially nog. you can essentially make alcoholic milkshakes with this. Dude, it's eggnog with fucking rum in it. It's practically an alcoholic milkshake on its own. Yeah, who wants that? I just drink scotch straight up. Anyway, let's do let's do comics. It was a banner week, I would say. This week. Uh no, I'm just kidding. Uh, man, honorable mention for Deadly Class 56, end of an era, kind of, you know, it feels like, uh, Remender, Luffridge, Wesley Craig just dropped a fucking load on us with this book, and it was just great. Public Domain number five was dope by Chip Zdarsky, arguably, not, I don't think it's arguably, I think it's determined, uh, best comic book writer in the business right now because he writes Batman. This turned into a sitcom really, really quick, and it's awesome. It's better for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, Nightwing, I'm sure we'll mention just another mind blowing fucking issue. Uh, shit, I gotta, I even have a damn 
image for this. I, I doubt this is going to be on anybody's list, but this is my actual number one honorable mention. X-Force number 33 by Ben Percy and Robert Gill listed wrong in Diamond. Just saying. One of the most disturbing fucking images of Deadpool ever captured. Uh, he got his head <laughs> cut off, so he's regrowing his body, but he's wearing a black Tom Krakoan super suit. And what the fuck did I just say? Um, a, a Man, black Tom Krakoan super suit. You gotta try hard to like still shock us with Deadpool at this oh, point. I mean, it's not everything, but this one is eye catching to be sure. Oh, this is timeless. This will be shared around in memes and shit forever. It's perfect, but yeah, that have to be my actual. They might try to even work this into a uh, Deadpool three now. Oh, they should. They so should. Uh, but this is kind of odd for me. Spider-Man, Deadly Neighborhood, number one, Taboo, B. Earl, Juan Ferreira. Uh, this was pleasantly surprised. Um, story is kind of a fever dream. It jumps around a lot. Huh? The artwork is... Is, it, is, is this your number artwork? three? Yeah, this is my number three. The artwork okay. is really good in this. I like the artwork. Yeah, the story, the art- like you said, the story does jump around quite a bit. Yeah. But the dream sequences are oh unbelievable. This is the kind of art we're getting to. It's not just the fever dream, which we saw in the preview show last week, but look at the design work here. It's so well done, dude. Yeah. This has got like five or six different layers to it. It's just so. I love the web coming out of the panel and everything, too. Dude, yeah. but look at the bottom when he's jumping across the building. The sequential art within yeah. the sequential art is just brilliant. I mean, Juan Ferreri. Uh, is just putting on a show with this. Uh, but yeah, this was like an MC Escher on LSD. Um, but I like it when comics push boundaries. Comics can be all of the things. You know, that's the great thing about comics. And this does that very, very well. So uh, yeah, Andy enjoyed Deadly Neighborhood. Awesome. Yeah, I confess was- I did not give this a second look at the shop. I guess I uh, missed out. And again, the story isn't great, but man, it was a show. When it was like, you know... The, it's the two guys from Black Eyed Peas and not the two people you know from <laughs> Black Eyed Peas like writing the book. I thought, okay, yeah, well, right? I don't I, I don't right. I think I'm going to pick them up this yeah. one this week, but yeah, foolish uh, of me. But all, but all of my honorable mentions this week could have been number three. It was a really tight week for good comics. Uh, two books definitely stood out, but uh, I wanted to mention Deadly because I thought it was, it was not going to get a mention otherwise. Taylor, honorable mentions. I'll throw in an honorable mention for the Flash number 787. We were talking about how I love this book earlier. Uh, This was such a fun issue because he gets involved in a fucking interdimensional wrestling match. Yeah. Or like a tag team championship with like basically ran, basically like alien uh, macho man, Randy Savage shows up and um, they end up having a bunch of tag team brawls and it is so so dumb but it's so so fun yeah like cool. there's like a big phonetic energy like frenetic rather energy um yeah. with all the uh body slams and like things like that and just it was a real hoot just love that yeah. shit um also throw an honorable mention for nightwing number 97 oh that's um, only an honorable for you you could tell it was a good week because this issue was fucking outstanding yeah this was really good um i especially enjoyed um you know What's his name? The Heartless Mark. No, no, no. Um, the Bob Boss guy, Marconi. Is that who this? Oh was? yeah, Maroni. Maroni, Maroni. Yeah, Maroni. Yeah, he goes yeah. from like being, um, you know, the big oh. bad schmuck to being like, oh, yeah. by the way, and here, and he an gets Optimus like shat on tries, the whole rest of the Optimus Prime tries to murder him for some reason. Oh yeah, like the whole interstate <laughs> fight scene was really good. The whole like Nightwing going manhunter on people out in the woods yeah. was really fun. Yeah, I um, love the I love the uh, cameo by Optimus Prime. It's my favorite. This is <laughs> yeah. this is the mo- I mean, you thought that Deadpool shit was disturbing. This is probably the most disturbing panel in all comics this week. They're it's definitely from- pushing what they're gonna do in a book like Nightwing, where they're Whoa, not really going for what? the gross out humor, you know. But I mean, how about that fucking cliffhanger? Wait, what? oh yeah, that was so what? like, what the Random hell is happening? And he's Man. in a taxi in the middle. Of- what? Yeah. I'm looking forward to whatever the fuck Tom Taylor has in store for that, you oh, know. And superhero sexy time, which was fun. And superhero up. sexy time. Yeah. It was like awesome. I was only unconscious for three hours, and these ceilings are thin. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I mean, this book had everything and uh, Optimus Prime cameo. Just saying, I should have been my number one if this book wasn't retired. Should have been my number one. One last shout out for um the cover on this book, which was beautiful. Oh, the whole thing with the silhouettes and the cityscape behind them. This is a iconic cover 
Yeah, if we're doing best of the year, you know, at the end of the quarter, yeah, dude, this is up there. This is up there. Yeah. Well, my actual number three is X-Men, number 16. Good call. Good call. Um, This is continuing the stuff with the children in the vault. It's a forge going in to uh, infiltrate and everything. He's got a Caliban suit on, so that's good fun. The main reason this makes my number three, though, and it was kind of a thin margin over Nightwing, I love the fucking messy drama between the Summers brothers in this issue. And how they they draw in Havoc with his headbands. Yeah. Oh, man, it was wild. But, like, when Scott's like, I didn't want you on this team. Forge put you on this team to spite me. And um, then they just, Havoc loses it and punches him and fucks up. He has one of his. They make up by the end, though. Not really. Well, as much as brothers do. I suppose, but, like. It ends with him like stomp him like going off to pout and like, you know, yeah. I love the interpersonal relationships and like you know it is a little hard when they have this rotating cast, which seems like it's going to be a thing every year to uh, get in that character work while you can. And I think they're doing a good job with it here. Yeah, Forge disturbed me in this man. He got way too much power. Him dealing with Sinister now. Uh, these are cracks in the foundation of Krakoa, which ha- were started from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, but and we are... Uh, the fall of X. Yeah, we are... Build- I was about to say, we're, sinister. we're building into the uh, the comeuppance part of all this. Yeah, yeah this uh, this book's leading directly into sin- Sinister showing up way too much for it not to mean a whole fucking lot. Yeah. No. Dave! Mm. Man, you probably got half a dozen honorable mentions. Uh, actually, I did kind of narrow it down. Good. good. All right. Uh, I wanted to give an honorable mention to Deadly Neighborhood Spider-Man, just solely nice. on the art. Nice. Uh, it was pretty fantastic. It is. It was so good. Go uh, Great choice. Uh, next honorable mentions would go to Pre- uh, Alien number two and Predator number three. See, I didn't grab Alien, but I did grab Predator. I thought you were only reading Predator. I'm reading both. Oh, nice. Look at you go. Yeah, that's so, a dope cover. I love that. Is that is a dope I cover. That cover. I just but the, um just a lot of good story uh progression in there. Nice. She beats another predator <laughs> pretty pretty handedly too. Nice. Uh and that's going to be it for my, my honorable mentions. Oh. It was hard this week. There was a lot of books. A oh lot yeah. Really restraining yourself there, dude. I he is. Yeah, credit. If you notice, the three honorable mentions are all Marvel. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, um, my number three pick this week is uh, Hellboy in Love, number oh one. Oh, my God, I'm so glad I grabbed that cover. I knew it was going to be a long shot, but it was not bad at all. It was not bad. It, uh, <laughs> Hellboy was a Hellboy was asleep for the first portion of the, the comic book. Uh, uh, this lady, she is a, uh, like she's working on her thesis, and she's carrying a suitcase that obviously some goblins want for some reason. Yeah. And now they're chasing them across the English countryside to get the suitcase back. And Hellboy is quite impressed with her knowledge of the supernatural. Yeah. Kind of simple. It's the dialogue that wins it here. Yeah, there's you know, a lot. They, there's there's yeah. just a lot of like they, really yeah. going on. It's just good them. snappy Hellboy shit, man. Really yeah, good. But like, oh damn, off, I was asleep. <laughs> he comes off as the badass, but then like he'll get knocked in his place, you know, for being a dumbass because he kind of is, you know. But yeah, just really good shit, man. Good choice. That was your number three. That was my number three. Man, I didn't think I knew you'd like that, but I didn't think you'd like it that much, man. It was good. Uh, that comes back around to me. No other choice this week. Only one book could beat this out. Um, Bone Orchard Mythos, Ten Thousand Black Feathers, number two is my number two. Jeff Lemire, Dave Stewart, and of course Andrea Sorrentino. Uh, this is the best damn team in in comic books. The push, the pieces are being pushed more closely together. Um, is the story of like youthful friendship centered around these two friends creating like this role playing game together? Yeah, it's a very D and D element to it. Yeah, there's got this very D and D element to it, but like they move into their high school years, and Lemire is just perfect. He just has just the perfect amount of teen angst, you know, between these two friends. But then, I mean, he just sort of breaks it back to the horror where there's like a mysterious missing, like one of the the friend just mysteriously disappears. The redhead, the redhead, you know, yeah. mysteriously disappeared because um, I'm gonna drop a bomb on you. This is my number two. Oh, uh, 
It's great, dude. This is my number two. It's so good, man. Lemire, she's just doing amazing shit here. This book just sucks you in, but it's that Sorrentino artwork that just makes it so much more amazing. Just, yeah, a perfect comic this week from them. When we're dealing yeah, with... Yeah, 10,000 number one. Excellent choice, Andy. This shit is for real, When man. we're dealing with them so, in their younger days, there's a different yeah. art style altogether. Yes. And then when it progresses to this... To this element it's where the like grainy the girls missing, it's, it's from taking on Falls. that noir look from Gideon Falls, like that, oh, that yeah. style he's got but, there. But most of it, minus the design work here, every this is what all the other pages look like when they're younger, and it's oh, just yeah. an amazing way to tell a story. You really feel the this life changing event, but we don't know exactly what the event is yet. We don't know what happened. Sure, she came up missing and was dead, but. Is it really that clear cut? Why is this RPG so important? You know, what is actually going on? And, oh, it's great, dude. Yeah, there's, oh, still, there's, still, there's still a lot of connections that need there's to be There's so made. much more to do here. But, yeah, this book might be retired, man, after the next issue. Because if it keeps going this good, it's just be, you know, a monthly hit. Just bam, bam, bam through issue five. But that's the Bone Orchard mythos for you. Hadn't had a bad page yet. Not a bad page in all of it. So uh, so that was Dave's number two and my number two. So we are up to number two what? for Taylor. Two for Taylor. And then we'll just change the order. Go ahead, T. What's number two for you this week? Uh, my number two this week is Defenders Beyond, number four. Nice. Good choice. Um, is that this, art again, bro. Yeah, that Javier Rodriguez art, especially when this story is taking us to all like the trippy, like, narrative elements of the marvel universe like this one has more it's so literally the last like exploring the universe yeah this is it's them amazing. going it's like a backstage tour of the cosmology of the marvel universe it's been a hell of a lot of fun week, week or month to month i should say and um javier rodriguez is like the only guy i can think of who can draw these trippy concepts and make them as fun and as engaging as they are here you know he also makes them sequential he's still telling stories and their yeah. stories are progressing it's he's truly a unique wonder in the way he does this i hope they can find something else for him to do some sort of doctor strange that he would a be strange a great academy. fit for doctor strange to be sure yeah dude he is just a perfect fit there is a uh, lot going book. on in this image. Oh, dude, the whole book is like this. The whole book is yeah. like there's um, so much happening. But and a lot of props like to a, Al Ewing as well because like he mm -hmm. he knows his shit. He has really researched. You know, like you have to be read up on uh, Dan Slott's Silver Surfer run. You have to be uh, pretty up to speed on that last uh, Defenders run, and generally just know a lot about the Marvel universe from like a meta narrative perspective to really appreciate a lot of this like i love how this ends the the like final page leading the next issue they're going to a place called the house of ideas and it's damn so it that's cheesy but i love it you know? you know why because in the competition there are houses too you know so like having houses in comics is sort of like this thing so it's okay to have that you know but ewing just knows where to put that balance you know between the cheese and the and the nostalgia, but also yeah. grabbing that meta, that meta part. But like, uh, he's the not, story in this is good. It's he's like including it, and he's including yeah. it very lovingly. But he's not yes. leaning on it. Yeah, like oh, it's part sure. of the for story, sure. not just like a like you know wallowing in nostalgia going on. You yeah, know? Uh, uh, Ewing is, is again. Yeah, he's doing a great a great job there. But this is like a Marvel Comics fans comic book. And in order to write that, you have to be a fan. And that's the endearing part of it. Like, you can tell that Ewing is a fan. And there's no way to miss that that the art on this is from a fan. You know what I mean? This is a book that's got a lot of heart in it, and you can just feel it. And I think that's the most redeeming quality of the book. It's just okay for me. But it has great parts. But, yeah, the, my favorite part of it is just how beautiful it is, you know? Oh, yeah, that's my favorite part, too, for sure. Excellent choice. Uh, Dave already spat off his number two. It was uh, Black Feathers. Black, yeah. Bone, oh, uh, Boneyard Mythos. Sounds like we're back to Bone you. And Archer. you haven't said it yet, so I think we might have the same number one this week. We have to, man. GCP. Yeah. The Blue Wall, John Ridley, Stefano Raphael. Uh, it's basically a, a, a police procedural uh, 
set on Gotham with a modern relevant twist that you'd expect from, from John Ridley. It's got social relevance to it, right? This follows, yes, Renee Montoya, the new GCP police commissioner, but the primary focus is on three newly graduated rookies learning the ropes in the most crime-ridden city in comics, right? Uh, the ins and the outs of this are kind of subtle. You know, there's actual subtle racism going on and sexism. And yeah. It's not really in your face. It's just sort of there as part of the sub narrative. That that's something that I thought so was really hard into yeah, the was, main narrative. Something that, that I think makes this special. book brilliant is that like they're doing such a good job presenting that the problem here is a system. The problem here is a environment. Like yeah. the one guy does use a slur at one point in the book. They even put like a disclaimer at the beginning of the book. But for the most yeah. part, the main thing they're having to push back against is like the cynicism of all the cops around them. Yeah. Like he doesn't like, Rare it would be so easy it. just to throw in like some cartoonishly corrupt cop and have that be like the foil to it. But that's not the case. It's not. They're having to fight back against something that's so much harder to deal with, which is the entrenched sort of cynicism of so many of the police around them, including Renee Montoya. She is yes. deeply bitterly cynical in this book and it makes for a really compelling read yeah uh, and they reach so deep into her character more uh they always bring her brother into it which i love who's been her you know her crutch throughout her life one of the only crutches she's ever actually grabbed onto um her putting the drink in front of her because she's an alcoholic he didn't come out and say she's an alcoholic you know if you picked this up and didn't know that renee montoya was an alcoholic you would after reading this, but it's not an in-your-face sort of thing. That's the sort of example I would use to explain every fucking thing else going on in the book. It's so deep, but it's got almost no actual depth to it. It's all so subtle that it doesn't ask you to do anything but enjoy a police procedural the same way, way you'd enjoy something like NYPD Blue or what was it Gotham Central. That was kind yeah, of. Yeah, I was about to mention thing. the main thing I was uh, looking forward to in this book is like it's going to scratch that itch that uh, Gotham Central was uh, scratching back in the day. Yeah. Love that book, but this is a great update of that, dealing yeah. with a lot of very pertinent issues to us in yeah. the 2020s. You know, exactly. Uh, the most important thing, probably the thing at the forefront, is uh, one of these recruits doesn't shoot a kid. That's the important part. Doesn't shoot a kid who's reaching in his pocket and end up reaching for a phone, right? So. The powers that be convinced Renee Montoya that, no, we need to make this person a hero because they did what was right in an age where things usually go the other direction. Again, Ridley grabbing onto real life headlines without actually putting it in your face, just saying, no, this is something that happens. There's no way you could argue with me that this isn't something that actually happens. You know what I mean? No matter what your political viewpoints are on that thing happening, it just happens. So then she has made this hero, but now she has this sort of trauma and guilt because she didn't actually do it out of any heroism. She did it because she was fucking scared. Uh, and that's the that's the main fucking story going on. You know, fuck that's all a really stuff. compelling thing there. Yeah, because like right. she did the right thing, but not for the right reason. The she totally sort of accidentally did the right, right? thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, is and really now she's not being made into a hero for it. Exactly. But is Ridley also not sort of holding up a mirror in the same context? And in this case, a literal mirror where when a police officer does shoot a kid who was just pulling for his cell phone, he's immediately frowned upon. You know what I mean? Immediately villainized. You know but, what I mean? Yeah. I'm not sure what Ridley is doing here. A lot well, of the other thing that I think is really here don't seem to jive with what I expect from him and his politics, which they're certainly injected into this. Yeah. Well, one thing I thought was brilliant about it is like, they got put into that situation in the first place because her partner was like, well, yes. yeah, we're going to go hassle this kid. She was like, uh, we don't have a good reason to. And it's like, we're just going to do it anyway. You know, they told us to go look for kids like this. So let's go do it. Like, but all of these also makes a good point that no, it's not my job. Our job is to go look for this. Well, that, I mean, DA's problem. But Again, it, it would be so you easy to make everyone like cartoonish, right? Yes. But like, yes, the real villain here is that these all these cops around them are like burnt out and cynical, and they yeah. it, like, and yeah, they're just kind of going along with what's expected of them. Yeah, and these rookies are getting pulled into it. They're still fresh yeah. enough that they aren't part of that problem just yes. yet. Yes, yeah, and yeah, so like. 
that one guy who's the parole officer, like the guy's all like, we're not going to fix anything by coddling He'll these be, people. We'll arrest him next week. And, you, you know, we're reading that knowing that like you are not necessarily the individual to blame here, but you're perpetuating a system that is to blame here. Like but it's maybe hard you to blame would them. get more but it's people hard to blame them. Yeah. Maybe like, yes. it definitely sort is, of says that, you know, But yeah, I, I thought this book was gonna go full A cab. You know what I mean? And Sorry, had, I got a, a trip on something that's record out. But, um, but I thought this book was gonna go like full A cab. You know, all I mean, out of salt. I'm impressed it. by the fairness exactly. with which it is trying to present itself. You know, yeah. it is trying to. We can all be pretty sure that John Ridley, you know, where he stands on the issue, but he is seemingly going above and beyond to have some empathy. For the people who find themselves in this system. Putting the blame on the system. Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, Yeah, this is going to be Eisner nominated 100% for sure. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I can already tell. It's got Eisner's. It smells of Eisner. So Uh, that finishes up with Dave, his number one book of the week. Want to take a guess? Um, No, go ahead. Shaolin Cowboy. Oh, man, I totally missed it this week. (laughs) <laughs> damn it there were so many good books i can't believe i missed oh uh, i was not I'm just expect- now remembering that it come out i damn. was not expecting a kaiju fight oh Jeff man Darrow, i've Jeff, gotta go back Jeff Darrow delivers a kaiju fight that's awesome damn it and it's just it's just kung fu cowboy just kicking the shit out of this 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 like lobster looking kaiju thing. Uh, he's had lobsters throughout a lot of his shit. Little crabs. One, but... there, there's a lot of sea life in there. Yeah, that's but awesome. I love Shaolin Cowboy. And oh man, it, it delivered. You know, it's, you know, you get it for the art. And the yeah. art is, the art is Where's Waldo? <laughs> right, right. And there's it's a, so there's detailed, a kaiju fight so cool. in the middle of Where's Waldo. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, that, I am going back to read that. I was going to read a book coming out next week, uh, but I won't. That's it for us, uh, y'all. Speaking of books that are coming out next week, come back tomorrow. We're going to be talking about all the books that are coming out next week on the preview show just at the same time. Uh, yeah, so come check us out. We also would love it if you check out the Comic Book Bullies. They got a show coming up uh, on this Facebook channel later on tonight. Mm. Very, very soon. Leroy and Eli talking um, – Mad, know, mad pop culture shit. You know they're gonna be tearing up Black Adam. You know they're gonna be tearing down some horror movie. Tis the season. Uh, if you want more of that, go to outrightgeekery.com. We got a shit ton of links up there to everything we've got going on, everything the bullies got going on. Also check out the Facebook group page. Go to Facebook. Go to the group. Search Outright Geekery. Go hang out over there. Always fun discussion with uh oh, with uh uh Andy kicking it and throwing people out it's my favorite part when he throws people out it's my favorite part he posted a great one today about the group it was really meta it was really fun it might have been a couple days ago i just saw it today i've been drunk all weekend you mean this guy yeah that guy that guy uh but yeah man thanks everybody for listening we really uh appreciate it a lot but most of all thanks to these guys for hanging out with this guy hell yeah always fun we are gonna do it again next time same geek time same geek channel now david can go take care of his poor cat <laughs>